0: Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. Not no share with
1: Dr. Dave.
0: So, hello and welcome to the No Show sure with Dr. Dave podcast. I am Dr. Dave Cornelius, your host. For those of you who've been listening and receiving value from the podcast, I thank you for the support and keep listening. If you're new, welcome. The Deliver Value series is a set of topics for my upcoming book called Deliver Value, Happy Contributing People, Satisfied Customers, and Thriving Business. Each month from the book will be released one of my podcast a- episodes to create the Deliver Value series. This is the third installment called Happy Contributing People. So, according to Aristotle, Happiness consists in achieving, through the course of a whole lifetime, all the goods, health, wealth, knowledge, friends, etc., that lead to the perfection of human nature and to the enrichment of human life. So happiness is based on experiences that are metabolized in our mind, body, and spirit. When people say, think happy thoughts, they are referring to the past experiences that we can recall and dream about. Some researchers found happiness made people around 12% more productive, while unhappy workers proved 10% less productive. Positive emotions appear to invigorate human beings. People are the center of delivering value to customers and provide innovations that allow the organization to thrive. The more happiness people experience, the better opportunity for the organization to have more satisfied customers and thrive. So author Daniel Pink wrote, if people were paid the right amount of money, given autonomy, purpose, and mastery, they would be motivated to be their best selves at work. A popular topic now is psychological safety that resonates with most people. In a psychologically safe workplace, People feel and experience the freedom and courage to express ideas for those individuals and the organization to thrive and really just be great. The same concept applies to enabling satisfied customers that volunteer their personal time to show the world how amazing your organization's people are, either via social media or by word of mouth. So sometimes I said, well, if happiness is such a critical emotion and experience to invigorate people, why do organizations invest so little to create an environment where happiness can be experienced? So I like to talk to people. So I went off and I spoke to four people who have influential opinion in business and agile community. So my question to them was, what would you include in a working environment that would enable happy contributing people. And I said, please share one or more experience. So I began the conversation with my friend, Diana Larson. Um, She's the author of Agile Retrospective and co-founder of Agile Fluency Model. And the Agile Fluency Model has four zones, which are one, focusing on value, which you wanna shift team culture, two, delivering value, shift team skills, three, optimizing value, Shift organizational structure and four, optimizing for systems, which you also shift organizational structure or organizational culture. So, what she said was since the fluency model is so um, ingrained with, with teens and teen behaviors,
1: yeah. yeah, you
0: know, we talk about happiness in the work environment today,
2: right. Right.
0: which is something kind of it's relatively new, I, I would say, because before, most people didn't care about happiness, just get the job done, right?
2: Yeah, right.
0: Right. right. So uh, how do we leverage the, the fluency model to either identify or promote happiness in team members?
2: Right. Well, the fundamental, uh, what we call agile fundamentals, or the agile basics, uh, is that focusing zone in the fluency model. Yeah. And it's the thing that uh, you're either going for the focusing going zone or you're going for something that includes those skills of the po- focusing zone. It's embedded in the whole model. And those are the skills at becoming effective together as a team. Yeah. And when people have that co- ha- have that sense of effectiveness, of building good products, I mean, it's very tied to um, – the project Aristotle ideas of yeah. uh, psychological safety and dependability and having structure and clarity around what we're working on. And, you know, those, those five keys that they talk about when yeah. we have that for our teams, they tend to have much higher job satisfaction. I I tend not to think so much about happiness because that has certain connotations for certain people. But mm-hmm. I believe that, People deserve job satisfaction. They need to be pleased with their work. They need to have that yeah. sense of accomplishment. They need to have that sense of um, control over their work lives as, as a team, and that's the, the autonomy, the damage. Yeah. thinks about that's true at the individual level, but it's also true of the team level. Does this team? And when we think about self-organizing th- teams, we start begun to talk about autonomous teams, right? right? Teams that are able to make decisions together to move forward together, and that feel they have um, the mastery and the skills that they need. That's what fluency is about, right? We've got yeah. the we've got the right skills that match the work that we need to do, or or our company is willing to invest in us gaining those skills. When you've got all that together, you have high levels of job satisfaction. And, um, and so I've, I really think that the Agile Fluency Model is a lot about that. Um, creating teams that have really good, meaningful work together. and And, and the sense that they can work well enough together that they have a positive impact in the world. And that becomes really important. And that, you know, we the agile fluency model doesn't talk about software ethics, but I think that's that's another conversation that's starting huh. to rise a lot in our industry is, you know, do I feel good about my work does it feel like ethical work to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, are are am I really serving everyone? So, those kinds of things. But I, 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 I think the agile fluency model speaks to that happiness, job satisfaction question indirectly, but mm-hmm. it's definitely embedded there. And it definitely is an outcome when people have invested in their teams to, do, to, to create work that feels like success and achievement. People tend to feel better about the work that they do.
0: The second person that I spoke to was Howard Soble. He's the CEO of Scrum Alliance, and he said, Here's my belief. I believe that you know, companies need happy contributing people to satisfy their customers and to allow a company to grow to achieve the sustainable existence. Share your experience that enabled the culture to create an environment for happy contributing people. There's nothing like them, right?
1: Uh, It's huge. Um, You know, we just had Daniel Pink at uh, the Scrum Gathering in Austin and his work on uh, his book Drive and and helping people have autonomy and mastery and purpose in their work is huge. You know, from past companies that I've I've come from where you set um, unlimited vacation for people, you let um, your expense policy says we trust you. Yeah. Um, when you set up a pretty healthy professional development plan uh, and that the only approvals really is for them to go to their team and say, look, I would like to go to, to Australia and take underwater basket weaving, and it's going to cost $10,000. And the team says, I don't think that's a good use of company money. And right. uh, it's not approved, but there is no managerial approval in it. So um, we've, we've had some real success at trying to help provide um, – that kind of a culture. And it's it's really important for me that employees or team members have a, have a voice in the things that affect their daily life. Um, the, the vacation policies or expense policies or travel policies and all these kind of things that typically are written in a vacuum by some management or some department somewhere. Uh, we've always had a, an open book on those things and let Uh, let the staff or let the team members actually help contribute to what they feel like is a fair way to view those kinds of things. And I think that 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 way there's no way for them to feel like it's a, it's a capricious uh, way to do it, or it's something that doesn't benefit them in a certain way. And it's, it's amazing when you actually allow people to help set those bars themselves over what those guidelines should be or what those guardrails should be. Um, they're amazingly brilliant at setting things, even sometimes even more conservative than you as a business owner or somebody running a business may think about. Uh, they rarely will get together and say, you know, we all need triple the pay and we're not going to ever come to work and all these things. Cause honestly, the employees in a company, if they're not passionate about the vision of the company, if they're not passionate about helping the company be successful, you're going to lose anyway. So um, if you hire the right people and point them in the right direction over over a, a mission that's passionate for them, um, they want the company to be successful.
0: Well, yeah, and it's beneficial to them as well, right? If, oh, if absolutely. Company is, is is doing really great, you know. So, talk to me about who influenced your philosophy and life and business.
1: Hmm. <laughs> it, it's a cop out to say everyone. Um, yeah. I tend to be a collector, as you know, a collector of relationships. So I, you know, every single human that I meet, I learn something from. A few of them have learned what not to do, but I still learn something. Uh, probably on, on, um, on a very, very personal letter, level, it was my father that was very specific over the fact that um, no matter what I do in life, I, I must uh, always be a, a man of integrity and a man of honor. Um, in whatever I decided to do. And those have been kind of, you know, foundational for me for any quest, yeah. but every, every role that I've taken on in my life are, are typically roles that I've never done before or things that I think might be a challenge, but they've always been something I felt like that there was a higher purpose to be there. There was some calling. It was some mission for me to be there. Um, but, you know, in this, in this agile journey, if you will, you know, my first scrum class that I went to was Mike Visdo's, And so he was, you know, we all, I think we all remember the kind of the first training that we ever go to that just kind of shakes our head. Uh, so his probably was the first, but his wasn't the last because I've probably been to 40 or 50 different uh, CSM or CSPO classes over the years. But more than that, just just the passion of the people in the industry, you know watching watching people uh, present at conferences that you can tell that they're they 're not there selling anything yeah uh, they 're actually basically screaming from their heart about what that they think is is wrong with the world and how that they would like to help solve it and you, you just it 's infectious dave it 's just infectious to watch how people are, you know, like somebody like I, I've told her this personally. So someone like Esther Derby is yeah. one of those, one of those people that if you if you're, if you're listening to this and you go to any conferences and Esther is a, a sponsor of it, you'll notice that every, every insert in the bag that she will provide as a sponsor is only useful content. Uh, yeah. She, she will pay her money to be a sponsor to ensure that she can help give some gift uh, to everybody. It won't be a squeezy ball or a spinner or any of that kind of crap. It will be practical skills that you can use in your daily life to make your life better. I mean, and it's just like a, what a high road for somebody to take, you know, but that's how she invests her money when she sponsors because she feels like that's a better way for her to get really great tactile learning about tips for retrospectives or whatever it is that she's on a theme for that particular year. Um, But people like that have always, always just inspired me. Yeah.
0: What a great inspiration. (laughs) She really is. Yep. The third person that I spoke to was Marty Nelson and he's the founder of Alchemy Code Lab. And he said,
3: I think one, you know, you talked about, you know, what core philosophy or beliefs. I, I think the other one I have is that, uh, everybody on this planet has amazing abilities and, and potentials. And when people are struggling, it's really about what do we need to get out of their way? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think anyone here that I have to uh, make them what they're not. Right. You know, and, the, and the people that come here uh, are wanting intellectually challenging work. You know, they're, they're innately driven to be these creative, dynamic people. So, uh, you know, I almost view us more as a refinery, in some <laughs> ways, right, like that, that's uh, a... code refinery. Code, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting, when we talk about human capital, but, yeah. we're, but we're really in the, the human, I mean, we're like a refinery for human capital. Yeah. To give that. Uh, and I see that, so that's, that's when we talk about our students, uh, people, uh, we're just here to assist and to, to take away old beliefs, I can't, or things about that, and say, you know what, there's this opportunity, and going back to an opportunity I found in my life, and like, I'm sharing that with you, look, there's this mm-hmm. tech thing, and you actually get paid to, like, write some words down and, and like, inspire people and, and build economies and motivate social change. I mean, if you think about what way to software development, it's stranger than any Harry Potter movie, would we do. Yeah, really think about it. it. It is very strange. In a cool way. Yeah. Whoa.
0: That's... We did what? Whoa. Yeah. Look what we just On did. On <laughs> um,
3: So we're, we're producing by people out there. But I, I'm always thinking about that. Like, it. I'm also a big win-win-win kind of person. Yeah. Uh, another, another philosophical thing for me, and this really was... Uh, there's a book by Seth Godin called Lynchpin mm-hmm. that really kind of framed this for me that, you know, we can we can come up with all kinds of solutions. I don't believe solutions. There's an infinite number of possible things you could do, and you've gotta find the ones that are gonna benefit the most people. So again, to me, it was by this point natural, oh, I'm helping people, I'm helping Portland companies. We have a big emphasis on helping women, people of color, tech, and uh, you look at some of the benefits of that, and it's not just social good, it's like high-performing teams, it's addressable market, so I love. To me, that's a high value situation. How many how many wins are you racking up for how many people? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if you look at alchemy, to me, it's a nexus of value creation. And there's just so many winners. You know, nobody's losing in the the deals on that.
0: So, so you would say, look, going back to Daniel Pink's his view, of driver, being building autonomy, purpose, and mastery. All right? I mean, I would think that those are some of the key skills. That comes out of your program, you know. Well, being software developers, right? I mean, those are yeah. common things that, that we just naturally have, mm-hmm. you know, or we develop over time of going through a curriculum. So, mm-hmm. I mean, would you align some of the things that you do with, with um, those three principles? So, so there were
3: autonomy, autonomy,
0: purpose, and mastery.
3: Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I think a lot of the people in the world generally want work that has purpose. Yeah. You know, you want to plug them in. Uh, And I really connect with that because when I was in college, I struggled to get through college. Let me tell you. Uh, Part of it was like, people are partying all the time. But, you you know, paper, right, is maybe intellectually, but who's it for? The teacher doesn't really want to grade it. They have to, right? I I don't want to write it. No. And uh, so that was a big struggle for me to prioritize doing that work. And in fact, I left college with a real, like, it it tanked my self-confidence. I went out like, am I going to be able to be successful? I couldn't, you know, I could barely struggle and I could kind of get some motivation for a semester or two. And then, but then I started working, even like waiting tables, bartending. And once I had real people that I was serving, no problem, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot of people, like going back to purpose, you know, we're built, like a lot of us are built to help other people. Yeah. And where we won't succeed or have motivation, you, you give us that kind of opportunity to have a purpose of, wow, what I'm doing matters. It's meaningful. Uh, and I have the ability to to produce value. Everybody want we innately want that. I mean, that's another way to say value. It's like we contribute to our community. Yes. And uh, so definitely align with that. Uh, autonomy yeah yeah people uh, want to feel like they have control right Some that oh, yeah. and particularly I was just watching I wish I remember the author's name a video that talked about environments where we have too much work and no control mm-hmm. lead to anxiety stress higher incidences of depression so, so people want to sense that I have some autonomy I will have control over that and uh, it's interesting here because to teach that often, uh, it often goes into teaching accountability, right? That is a, a great context. Yeah, for sure. You know, everybody wants autonomy, but do you want accountability? Yeah, because you're going to have to be accountable to yourself. Uh, and so, our program, for example, we just started this new class, and one of the hardest things for students is, is you know, there's we have a build system. We have to you have to pass your tests. You have to show up, and you have to turn things on time, not because it's like a school assignment, but we don't want to break the bill. Like you know, software we have deadlines in software development. Yeah. And so you have to you have to accept autonomy within that framework of accountability. Yeah. Uh, and the last was craft. Mastery. Mastery. Yes. Well yeah. the one field that you can become really, really good or really bad. <laughs> you know what's right? Yeah. I wonder how much that is related to to craft in the sense of you know, it takes a while to be a master. Yes. Um, but I, I've noticed that people like craft. Yeah. And and having the thing that you can master. Yeah. Right? And I think even if you're not at the master stage yet, uh, and I don't know if that's kind of an underrated thing about software development, but people really like the creative craft of it. And we have like, uh, people who are knitters, for example, mm-hmm. have, make really good coders. Yeah. I've.
0: Musicians make really good coders. Yeah. History majors make. I don't know why, but they just seem to do. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Another CEO that I spoke to was Dave West, and he's the CEO of Scrum.org. So he sent me in writing that the most important thing is purpose. We need to know why we do something, what our ultimate purpose is. It is important that the purpose is not abstract but very tangible and real. For example, you know, Dave gave, he was working at a big pharma sales and marketing IT group. And one product they provided was a social network for people that suffered from multiple sclerosis, MS. Their purpose at an abstract level was to connect individuals who suffer from MS with caregivers and for caregivers to find patients to help them deliver better care. But building a framework using Facebook for MS patient was not a tangible mission, or it wasn't possible. So they took pictures of real MS customers and built personas around them. They made their needs very tangible and described how the work the team was doing made their lives better. So during every sprint review, which is where you review all of the work that was done over, oh, I mean, let's say a two-week period, Ask how does this help Sally, a persona name. Everyone was motivated, focused on the outcome. It was not just a set of features on a Facebook knockoff. It was a way for Sally and others to get advice on how her pain at th- what her pain was at 3 a.m. It was a feature to allow Simon to get better feedback on a protocol to help Sally, etc. And yes, he also quoted Daniel Pink about purpose, autonomy, autonomy of being trusted and mastery, getting better at something are key. We build environments that enable that, then creates happiness, which in turn improve outcomes. So he quoted Richard Branson, he said, happy people make happy customers, which make happy stakeholders, or to badly change a quote from the Lion King, it is the cycle of value. Now, I also want to look at, And say belonging leads to happiness. So another way that people experience happiness is through a sense of belonging. So a variety of studies have shown that belonging is essential to happiness and satisfaction with life. See, people are born into groups and spend many years being members of varying dynamic collectives that may include work, sports, and hobby groups. So, social integrations promote well being by giving individuals a sense of meaning, purpose, support during stressful times in life. And also, not every social integration generates happiness. Creating a generative belonging workspace is such that we could help people to be resilient in their ability to give birth to new ideas of who they are. This means individuals have a sense of purpose people are allowed to bring their whole self to work and experiment to improve who they who they desire to be or aspire to be the space of belonging is for everyone in the organization to participate and for those individuals to give all of themselves right because they're responsible to co-create this space as well look we spend approximately 50 percent of our waking hours in the workspace. So feeling connectedness to a group of community by being accepted by your people increases a sense of happiness. Happier people are 12% more productive at work and we may be able to reason the same percentage in life as well. So to summarize our conversation today, The way people work certainly differs, and happy contributing people are no different. So, here's what was revealed from conversation with some business leaders. So, they had a conversation with Mike Cohn, and he shared that I like when a workplace provides opportunities for both solo and teamwork. There are times when I need quiet time to concentrate, but others times when I need to collaborate with others. And Diana Lawson also shared that the agile fluency model speaks to happiness job satisfaction and and answer that questions in a very indirect way. Howard Sublet, who is the CEO of um, the Scrum Alliance, he also said that a work environment where people are free to try new things and it's okay if they fail. And Dave West, who is the CEO of Scrum.org said people need to know why they're doing something. What are the ultimate purpose? And finally, Marty, Nelson stated and he's the founder of Alchemy Code Lab he says having a sense of purpose within the team or organization look happiness is a catalyst to improve individual and team productivity and innovation given this knowledge perhaps more organizational leaders would strive to create environments that are conducive to more happy contributing people why not focus on helping to create increase the bottom line for increased profitability. Happy contributing people help your organization deliver value. So in closing, I would like to say thank you for listening to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. You will find the Nile Share with Dr. Dave podcast on streaming platforms that include Spotify, Audible, iTunes, and Google Play. The Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast is hosted on nalshare.org So I'm going to give a shout out every podcast to my niece, Kiana Brow Hendrickson, for the theme song. And this podcast is copywritten 2021 by Dr. Dave Cornelius on nalshare.org So until next time, be well and stay safe. Let's talk about it. it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share No No share share.
2: with Dr. Dave